think a way to go about it is to just make it your free time. Even if I'm not going to take everything out, maybe I just sit down and look at pictures. Maybe I just put a new blade on the razor. Maybe I just sit at my desk and even idle, but you just have to put yourself in proximity to the work. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Hello, my friends. How are we doing hey, today? That warm beer. Oh, God. That I talk about beer and soda in the fridge. That beer was not in the fridge, dog. <laughs> not in the fridge at all. So today I'm sitting here next to two friends of mine, two gentlemen, two artists of sorts, two, uh, two homies, Che Marshall and Mike Fisher. Make some noise for the internet, my friends. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's talk to you. Let's, let's start it off on that way. The internet's happy you're here. I'm happy you're here as well. So before we get into everything, before we get into talking about, you know, life, love, and the pursuit of creativity, let's talk about what the both of you do individually. Che, let's start with you. What's your deal? I'm a local amateur dark photographer, I guess. Groovy. Example, the 40th Street Bridge. Here, let's take this. Let's take this uh, this art here real quick. Tell me what else you do, Che. Uh, graveyards, uh, the moon, whatever catches my eye, really. Cool. Super cool. This can... Uh, that's yeah. Good. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Mike, what about you, man? I do a lot of collage stuff. Uh, I was super influenced uh, being handed like flyers in high school that were the cut and paste style of like uh, Xerox. And it's basically kind of what I'm still doing now at 30. I'm still kind of... Pursuing that same aesthetic, uh, National Geographic's on cardboard type stuff, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So, with you guys and artwork, I'm just going to move this over here a little bit. Let's do that for right now. Cool. When did, uh, Che, when did you get started with photography? Yeah. uh, High school. Let's push you in just a little bit. Tenth grade? You can, uh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. We're good. Tenth grade, tenth grade. Cool. Mm -hmm. What about you, Mike? When did you start doing your collage stuff? I think around the same time, uh, we Votech. both were in the, yeah, we were both in the same Votech class, cutting our teeth, doing photography, darkroom stuff. And, uh, it was just about like stealing art supplies and using super premium stuff that we had. <laughs> Making music. At the time. Yeah. Like we wouldn't have gotten into a lot of what I would have gotten into if I would have just had to have, you know, started these crafts on my own, <clears throat> buying these things on my own. It was an opportunity, like free canvases, free ink. You get into this, you get into screen printing. It was, it was an awesome opportunity. What was your art experience like in high school? Um, in terms of like uh, working with a teacher and like the assignments that you were doing versus like what you're doing now, did you enjoy art in um, high school? I didn't take <clears throat> sorry, I didn't take art in high school. I was pretty much primarily into music. It was almost like uh, 2005, my graduating years, when I really took an interest in getting into specific artists and diving headfirst into like art as a lifestyle and art as an ideal. Like it kind of kind of came later. Like I don't I don't think I took a high school art class. Oh, okay, really. what about you, Che? I didn't take a art class either. Yeah, I just really latched on to the darkroom photography, but it's kind of too expensive to do that. So I just started doing digital. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easier. It's quicker. You know. Do you uh, find yourself? You know, how, I mean, fuck. There's so many places we could take the conversation. So I'm going to try to steer this in a a more linear path, kind of. With those origins. So no high school art classes and things like that. But you get into something eventually. And the two of you do pretty different things. So we're kind of kind of have to be ping-ponging back and forth here. But with you, Mike, what was like one of the first projects you remember doing that maybe uh, a light bulb went off in your head and you're like, fuck, like <laughs> I could probably do this for real? Um, <clears throat> it's actually an excellent question. I never really thought about that. I think one of the first pieces I made on my own that I was excited about. I can't remember the actor's name, but the Pollock movie that came out, I think it was like, mm-hmm. was that late eighties, early nineties or something mm-hmm. super taken by that movie. I got pieces of paper and food coloring, splashed them with the food coloring, cut them up and rearranged them. And it was this aha moment of like, this is an accessible thing, right? This isn't for just like lone geniuses or the hyper talented. This is something that you could pick up 
with nothing. I mean, I think that was the first moment of like, we're all artists, <laughs> you know, like the cliche of like, if you just do it, the verb itself is becomes the identity. It was like that moment. Definitely the Pollock movie. Awesome. I've never thought about that. <laughs> That's super cool. What about you, Che? Uh, what was it again? What was the question? I guess for you, the way this question would be framed was, was there like a particular photograph that you had taken that maybe sparked this off? Or were you that just I, like, I want to do I this took. and you started oh. going for it? I guess uh, I have a spiral staircase picture I took in Greensburg when I was really young. High school, about 10th grade. Uh, that probably did it, I guess. Or just some of the crazy work we did in the darkroom, double exposures and stuff, you know. With the advancements in technology jumping forward into the future a little bit, how do you feel as a photographer that's been working now? Because, I mean, you're, what, in your 30s, I'm guessing? 33. 33, okay, yeah, I'm 34. Yeah. You're, how old are you now? 26. You're 26. No, okay. How are you? 33. 33. Okay. So 33, 33, 34. So, I mean, we literally come from the same, you know, we're, you know, mm -hmm. we're uh, life neighbors yeah. in some way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, with photography over the past decade, uh, the access to technology and what is considered good and bad. And maybe this can even be applied to what you do, Mike, just because of how like accessible digital stuff is now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, how has that affected either of you negatively, like one way it's affected you negatively and one way it's affected you positively. It's easier to get it out there, I guess, you know, um, one positive. I don't know. It's a good question. Um, I would say in a positive way, it affected me in the way that I see kind of digital collage as a different creature and wherein you could come up with something first and then seek those images out online and produce that, it kind of drove me back to the primitive. It kind of made me set rules for myself where it's like, this is so hyper accessible. I'll go back to just what I can find in magazines and Razor and limiting myself in that way causes me to make stuff that maybe I wasn't even creating when I went into it in the first place. You know what I mean? Just being limited sure. to tools. What is in this book or whatever kind of like, there's been a magic to that instead of just thinking like, oh, I could put these things together and then Photoshopping it. So I'd say a positive that it's kind of like, steered me to some like uncommon directions or directions I wouldn't have taken off the bat maybe. Totally. And I think that I can relate with that in terms of music because there's some stuff where uh, I get my house, I have my little recording set up and I got, you know, some actual like physical beat machines and some physical keyboards. They're not like stuff that's on the computer. Right. But now I also have my stuff on the computer where I can like sit Everything. on the couch and put my headphones on and I could do whatever I want. Yes. Yeah. But sometimes because like I could literally have any synthesizer sound I want or any drum sound I want, it makes it so hard. It goes back. It's like that option paralysis, like opening yes. up Netflix and you have yes. access yeah, to yeah, everything, yeah. but there's nothing to watch yes. simultaneously. Mm -hmm. How yeah. the fuck does that happen? <laughs> just too much. In the cereal aisle. It's just too much. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So I think there's probably something definitely really crucial to be said about um, maybe putting, pushing aside the technology and just working with, you know, stuff that you have to physically cut out and touch or working with a physical camera that has, you know, settings that isn't right. like, you know, uh, fucking like my phone. Now I just got the Google, uh, note 10 plus some fancy fucking thing. And it has like all of these like automated settings and it's just like, okay, this is cool. But it's like, doesn't it have like two cameras on it. Like three, two, there's three, three, three camera lenses. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It has like a, <laughs> yeah, there's like a, the two, so you can like do like super HD stuff. And then the third one acts as like a, almost like a pseudo fisheye. It's like a really super wide angle mm. on it, mm. which is pretty cool. It's pretty I cool. Am, I, guess. I was, I was able to take a really convenient picture of me and uh, my girlfriend getting breakfast yesterday. I was able to like hold it from here and I went on the super wide and you could see my mm. omelet and her mm -mm. before wow. I could, my omelet would have been omitted. But so, <laughs> so omelet shout out to Samsung for being very omelet forward. <laughs> You know, all the, all the hidden omelets will now be seen. You got to embrace it too. I mean, you don't want to stand off against technology. It's where we're at. It's unavoidable. I mean, we're both online. We both use digital manipulation. You, know, you still also have to embrace that, I think, in a way too. Like, or try to. <laughs> no, I think that that's a really, really, really important thing to note is the fact that it's not changing. And, yeah. you know, we're going to be living in it. So I don't want to say it's a, if you can't beat them, join them. But I think there are positive things to take from everything that's happening now 
Right. In, with current technology, regardless if you know you are you know somebody that does physical art like you, digital art or music or whatever it is, there's technologies benefiting all of it, and I think it's really easy for a lot of people, especially like grumpy old people, which you know now I'm getting to that age where I can be really grumpy and old <laughs> very <done>. easily. <laughs> it's really easy to uh, be like, uh, you know, fuck it, whatever, all those. <laughs> kids in their Instagram filters or all those people yes. on their Photoshop or me. I'm like all them kids in their, their fruity loops, but I mean, whatever, <laughs> like, you know, a good piece of art at the end of the day is a good piece of art. There's a laptop right now in my house that has a pirate copy of Fruity Loops. You've been making beats, bro? <laughs> what? You can call it that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We used to dabble a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So the two of you have known each other for a while, huh? Mm. High school. High school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ninth grade. Yeah. Oh, three, maybe. Oh, two. Yeah, something something crazy. Like that. It's a beautiful thing. You know, I only have like one friend from high school still. And the funny thing is we didn't even really hang out in high school. <laughs> That's why low exposure, right? Yeah. I have two. Two. Two? Yep. Yeah, man. That's better than my, my like point one almost like, kind of friend from high school. You know, with, uh, you know, growing up and getting into doing all this art shit, you know, we're all in our 30s now. We all have other outside responsibilities of things. I know, you know, some of us in the room have children. Some of us may have significant others. Some of us may have homes, all of these things, all yeah. this adult shit, jobs, all of these things. So what has your work? Uh, I mean, obviously, you're still doing the art, maybe in some aspects is like work depending on if you have a commission or if you're like vending or something like that. But, you know, I think for a lot of us, there's still like that passion of it. There's like the, the yin and yang of our like work life and our mm-hmm. fun life. Mm-hmm. How do you balance that out? You know, with like your photography and your day job or your, your artwork and your day job. What's that like? It's tough. Uh, kids and stuff, you know, <laughs> they come first, you know, they, yeah. they come first. So it's hard to make time for it now. You know, I, I try to. I make a bit of time, you know. But, yeah. I think a way to go about it is to just make it your free time. That's that's all I've been able to kind of really carve out is, like, the chaos of the kid, the chaos of the job, the chaos of the relationships, families, mishaps. That's not going to slow down. But what I can try to do is if I have an hour to myself, even if I'm not going to take everything out, maybe I just sit down and look at pictures. Maybe I just put a new blade on the razor. Maybe I just sit at my desk and even idle, but you just have to put yourself in proximity to the work. You might not be able to like write the song, but just sit there with your guitar in your lap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Make it your, your free time. Your, your kind of like focus when you can. And that's it. Just hope it ekes out again. <laughs> I, I think it's, there's an important part of just living in your hobby. Yeah. And a big part of that isn't always like being, you know, 100% productive 100% of the time. Right. Sometimes you're only 10% productive yes. 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're, I feel as long as you're moving forward in some way yep. or trying to, like trying to work on stuff without trying to work on stuff is the best way to go about mm-hmm. it. Like you're not forcing yourself. It's just, like you said, it's free okay. time. You know, I'm, I'm, you just naturally gravitate towards like, well, I'm going to, be around this and yeah maybe if something happens maybe i get one little thing done right. it's more than you had done when you woke up just orbit it i mean even mm-hmm. if like uh you know people are dealing with like work burnout and mental illness and sometimes you don't have the creativity you can't apply to that just orbit it you know me if you're in a band just try to listen to new music or if you're in a visual artist just enjoy other visual artists if that's all you have the capacity to do in that moment, you know what I mean? Like just I think try to engage it. It's most important in general just to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um I think that with I don't know, with some people that I know that are in bands and people that I've even been in bands with over the years, it becomes obvious sometimes when you're around somebody that isn't having a good time anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's mm. like, why are you doing this then? Yes. You know, I think for a lot of people, it's because they don't have anything else. Right. But if you're not having a good time, like now you're ruining my time. Right. And that's not very nice of you, friend. (laughs) (laughs) And as a fan, you should consider that too. I mean, if your favorite band breaks up or your favorite visual artist stops output, like there are reasons. Like, you know, it just might not be what's best for them. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. That's the cool thing about uh, art. Like, uh, you know, if you're doing photography or the stuff that you do, uh, you know, there, 
you can work solo. And I think about like the, the headache that comes with being in a band sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes it's very beautiful. Right. The collaboration of artwork can mm-hmm. be a, a very, very awesome thing, mm-hmm. but also being able to remove yourself from that and just, uh, you know, work on something and have 100% selfish control over it is also super awesome. Cause sometimes mm. it can be really hard when yeah. you have five people in a room that have five different correct ideas mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to, you know, battle this thing out, you know, and you feel like you're compromising this precious thing you're trying to bring to the table. You know, uh-huh. Try not to be selfish. About <laughs> like, it, yeah. have you ever done any like client works for like work for anybody? Like, uh, like worked with anybody that has hired you to do a job? Um, I, I went to school for graphic design and in general that that was just a bad time in life in general. Okay. And it put me off on seeking that as employment, but like kind of on the, on the healthy side of it, what I try to do is just like flyers for merch. You know what I mean? Just like simple exchange stuff, trade, you know what I mean? Like it's pretty much it. Like, but I, I struggle with the connection between like art and monetization. And I understand that like, yeah, like at 33, like I should become more comfortable with that. You know what I mean? Like I have this skill, I should be less, uh, I guess, apprehensive about bringing money in on that. You know what I mean? Like, but no, I was just going to ask because like, I know sometimes it could be hard even if you are like a solo artist, but you start working with somebody and like the client's vision versus what your vision for a project is and how yes. that mm-hmm. could be like the, the push and pull of that. Yeah. It's only happened with me in situations when somebody asks me to do something for them. If it's like a t-shirt design or an album cover Mm. or something, but like what they want is not really what I do. And then it's kind of a thing where it's like, you know, you hit me up because you looked at my stuff. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm doing is a reflection of my stuff, right? Yeah. But like we were hoping for something different. Talk to somebody. different. (laughs) Find that different person. Uh, uh, tattoo artists can relate to that too. I'm sure that's a daily struggle. I would say that's probably a really, really big uh, tattoo artist thing for sure. Mm -hmm. What about you, Che? Any, like you, uh, I don't know if that's something that would happen with photography. Have you ever done any like photos for any bands or anybody in general? I do do local shows a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I go to a lot of local shows. Um, I love going to local shows. Um, I I haven't really worked for with anyone for on anything really. I've done small favors for friends, you know, yeah. giving them pictures and whatnot. But I've never really collaborated with anyone too much. Uh, but I love the local scene. I love going to local shows. Lots and lots of bands. Have either of you played in any bands or Not, done any music stuff? We have our own music projects. Yes. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about that or some of that <laughs> stuff. Is any of that stuff active or is it nah, just like funny things throughout the years? Pretty kind of old. It's kind of old now. It's pretty old. It, it was more whimsical back like in those Votech times. Yeah. But it, it, was, it got serious. Che is modest about it. He has this, I'm going to, I'm just going to blow him up. He has this project, <laughs> Jealous Zealots, that I super dig. <laughs> and it's like minimalist experimental. Like it's like. It's like ice pick level minimalist. Like it's, it's painful. I, I super dig it. Like <laughs> I always plug him or try to drag him out to get him to play stuff. Or My, my first idea for the band was just uh, like just recording noises in life, like a screwdriver, like an electric screw, like yeah. or stuff like that. And just mixing it into a song. And the, my first few songs were really, really terrible. They, they, <laughs> they're terrible, but I, I did, Get a little better. And I used Fruity Loops and, you know, mixed some different stuff in with it too. Movie quotes. I did some movie quotes and stuff. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'd what, like what's to your do, description? I'd like it? to like, do more. But, uh, <laughs> um, of, of his project? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, like you seem the, to be a little bit more passionate about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing with the fans and the creators always, right? Like the guy that sure. made it feels this far away from it and you're right here with it going, gee, mister, do you remember when you did that thing? And the artist is like, yeah, yeah, yeah I guess, do. And it was yeah. terrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's super minimal, um, but not in that minimalist techno way, in that way that there might only be one super jarring sound going on at once and uh, clips, clips cut up in that like skinny puppy way and that like jarring way. Like I, I kind of related to that kind of like cool. a, yeah, like minimalist industrial, I guess I'd call it. I super dig it. Yeah. Awesome. And that's after I, my band I camp. I believe I do. I have a band camp yeah. for it actually. Yeah. yeah. When's the, how, 
how recent like is your most uh most recent project that you or my recent, you released? most recent song yeah whatever you released on bandcamp uh, this is four years ago or so okay or something like that it's been a while so what's the what's the what's up with the delay on that just uh no not time. feeling it no, no time. time my computer broke you know a lot of factors kids and it's, you know fair enough yeah you know. i got i got more into the photography too like i started printing more and we did more shows and I didn't have any physical copies of the CD, so just stuck with the photography for. I got gotcha. you. I'd like to do more though. Does I your would. camera do video? It does. Yeah. You should just uh, turn the video on and just make noise in your camera oh. and upload that oh. to Bandcamp. Bruh, I could. <laughs> I could. <laughs> and if you get video at the same time, then you got the visual to go with the audio. Mm-hmm. I'm glad, you're, I'm glad you're prodding too. This is one of my favorite things to do is prod my artist friends into being like, well, why aren't you doing this? Like, well, <laughs> well, I'm just always yeah. curious, you know, <laughs> no, especially good. when like you're talking with people that, um, cause I think that the thing that's interesting is that the people that, you know, have very just, um, casual projects, whether right. it's, you know, visual audio or whatever, that's like the norm people that actually like, write songs and release them and put them online that's not that normal right it could seem normal to me because like you know i'm always on i I play shows a lot and i have people that come on the podcast a lot and usually they're coming on the podcast they want to plug something they released you know what (laughs) i mean but like that's not normal behavior right you know what i mean so it's it's always cool (laughs) to be able to like you know talk with people and remember that there are still just like so many people out there that are just they just do this because they love it, not because they're trying to like put out a fucking album and like right. trying to go on tour, which mm-hmm. I mean, like all that stuff's cool. Touring, <laughs> right. but like, you know, like just like people that do it just for like a genuine interest and passion and staying in it. And also, you know, uh, just people that know how to do those things. It's also really like easy too to just assume, you know, like I had no idea that you did that. And I probably wouldn't have known if, Mike wouldn't have said something about it. He has, he has music, bro. I was just going to ask about mm-hmm. that. Mike, what, what is, uh, what's up with your, what's up with your sounds, bro? Juicy um, girls. Yeah. Me and my buddy, <laughs> Eric, uh, kind of fruity loops, you know, got our, got our ripped copy as uh, young lads and we kind of cut our teeth on it together. Um, it was cool working with him. Cause he's like, he was the exact opposite of me in aesthetic and taste and everything. He was in a very like happy, hardcore, super flowery, happy beats. And I was into the, like, same thing his is like, like, let's drag a fork across this thing and use that. <laughs> totally. So that project was a lot of fun learning that art with him. He went off into more of the DJ route and I did a project called Squabble. And in the same way that his laptop broke, the record for that is sitting on a broke laptop in a laptop bag in my house. <laughs> you know what okay. I mean? It's like just the, you know, it's like, how hard is it to get three people in the same room? Sometimes that takes a week's worth of planning. How hard is it to get this laptop fixed? Like... The money and the time and the, you know what I mean? So it's, it's just sitting there. I'm the same thing where I'm just idling for a little to no reason on like. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. I've, I like, I back up all my stuff now. Actually, this is some people that may watch the show regular, maybe like, what the fuck is this computer that you have? It's been <laughs> on the past couple episodes, but this is like a backup windows computer that I have that doesn't, I mean, it works, but my Mac is like literally in pieces in my house right now. I have to like, mm. but I need the money to get a new hard drive cable and I just don't have the money right now. So yeah, always That's life. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, once I get the money for that hard drive cable, I'll get it and I'll install it and hopefully it'll work. And then I'll have that computer back. Actually, if anyone wants to help some local artists and fix some laptops, I guess you can get some projects going, right? You can kind of not, gratis fix these things for us. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Make some local art happen. With, uh, you know, the future, we're living in 2019 right now, almost 2020 really close just around the corner we're in our 30s we're dealing with the internet right now right now we're on the internet you you may be watching this episode on facebook or on youtube or maybe you're listening to this on spotify or basically the point that i'm getting at is all the things that you could be interacting with this episode on right now did not exist when we were in high school oh true yeah so (laughs) so what i'm curious about from you know one 30 something to a couple other 30 somethings is like how has the revolution of social media affected your lives whether that is personally or through your creativity go ahead Mm. um (laughs) not sure 
it's such a ubiquitous part of life. It's hard to quantify like what it would have been like without that stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's not always, it's great to expand your audience. It's not always good for your mental health. You know what I mean? It's not always good for like what you're focusing on, but it's good for like ease of communication. Like I, I don't know what my life would be like if, I, you know what I mean? There had never been that stuff that it develops. So it's hard to say like, is it good or bad? I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's now, man. <laughs> I guess it's, <laughs> I had a, I had someone in here earlier today, another, another podcast guest, a, uh, a young fellow, uh, a rapper, musician of sorts. Oh, cool. Uh, the name Pick Patek is the name that he goes under. Mm. He is 20 years old, very, very young, uh, fresh in the game, of doing cool. all this stuff. And we were talking about, I was have, asking him the social media thing. And I was like trying to like look up stuff on him before. And I was like, do you have a Facebook page? He was like, no. He's like, nobody that I know uses Facebook. <laughs> cool. And I was like. Okay, okay, cool. I mean, like he was like he was like everybody that I know uses Snapchat and maybe Instagram, and yeah. it's like, cool, that's tight. And then the, then the next thing I was like, how the fuck are we gonna market this episode to your fans? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just kind of like, I guess that's a good question. I was like, you know, do your do your friends like podcasts? Like, it's such an interesting thing because like there's a whole demographic, a whole generation of people that are you know, just a few, a few footsteps behind us yes. that are not interacting with any of the shit that we're on. So it's so interesting in my brain trying to figure out, okay, like, well, how, what do I need to do to get, you know, in front of these people, you yeah. know, do I have to make a fucking start the beat TikTok page? I really don't want to. <laughs> God, brother. Uh, you know, I could, uh, people could start, uh, what do you do on TikTok? You like pretend to sing other people's songs, right? I don't know. Maybe people can uh, pretend to be me and do the start the beat intro on TikTok. <laughs> I have no idea. If, if you use TikTok, let me know how to do it. I'm not going to use it, but I'm curious. It, it, I, like, I don't want to, you know, don't want to seem like one of those, like these kids today things, but I'll catch those TikTok ads and there's something like bizarrely hypnotic about the way they're cut and they move and their eyes. And I don't know, man, maybe I was a little bit paranoid because of like <laughs> chemical reasons, but it, it seemed like a, <laughs> a psyop. It really did. I, like I watched the same clip of this guy like eight times and another voice like, you know, like above my consciousness was like, hey guy, you've watched that eight times. And I was like, what am I doing? Like <laughs> TikTok is spooky maybe, or maybe jump into it. Maybe just sure. embrace that maybe. No, you know, <laughs> I think this goes back to that conversation of, doing something because you want to do it, not, yeah. not forcing yourself to do it. Yeah. And like, if I genuinely wanted a fucking TikTok page, I would have had one, but I didn't, I couldn't even fucking, I couldn't even do Snapchat. I remember when Snapchat yeah, I came out, I downloaded it. I, you know, I had it for maybe a couple weeks tops. I barely used it. I just, it just wasn't for me because like those apps I think are for people that are really into being on their phone. And I'm just not right. like, I can't even fucking update my stories barely because it's just like, I don't think about it. Like if I'm doing something, I'm just doing something every yeah. once in a while I will fucking, okay, maybe I'll think about it and then I will interact with it. But that's like once a week. Right, like right. there's people that I know that I can't fucking be around them. It's like literally it's like in their blood where it's like, you know, they fucking, you know, they like step into a new room and immediately like boop, story, story, story. And I'm like, okay, wow. Like my brain just doesn't even like think to do that. Yeah, it's like a cultural think, thing. I think so. You know, I mean, it's a very, it's a very take pictures of stuff culture and it's just not something that I grew up doing. So it's hard for me to think to do that. You know what I mean? It's hard for me to like have a Snapchat account because it's like I don't want to take pictures of what I'm interacting with. Sure. When I interact with it. You know what well, I mean? I'm like, curious, like, Shay, how that like ties into what you do because I mean, you are a photographer and that like whole like photography lifestyle now that we're living in. It, I, I've never been a fan of the Snapchat. It's just too social, I guess. Uh, I'm a lighthearted person, but I don't like the idea of being in an environment where everything kind of has to be funny. Yeah. Or yeah. like like on Snapchat. Forced. That's the thing, right? Everything has to be funny or it has to be like, you know, somebody sticking something in themselves for money. Yes. That's like Snapchat. That's basically what that is, right? Um, <laughs> it's a microcosm. <laughs> or, uh, or TikTok. It's like everything has to be like cute and catchy. And it's yes. like, it just doesn't feel like the real world. Like neither of those platforms feel like the real world. At least yeah. like on Instagram still, you kind of get it all. You know what I mean? Like you can see like, you know, like something funny or something serious or something really cool and interesting right. or, you know, something that's half naked. Like it's, it all right. makes sense in mm -hmm. the environment together. Mm-hmm. 
And like, yeah, I don't know. That's I think that's the biggest thing that turned me off about Snapchat was just a bunch of my friends that aren't that funny trying to be funny. <laughs> like <laughs> that's me on Snapchat, basically. I'm just a fucking grumpy old man though, I guess. Can I actually snake one of those uh Brewskis? Kind yeah. Of, kind of thirsty. Yeah, we can do that. So while I go get a beer, why don't you I'm gonna go up and get it. Okay. But if you have some, if either of you have places where you have artwork online, maybe you could tell people where they could check that out. And I know you have some more photos, so maybe you can show those off too. Okay. While I am doing that. All cool. right. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to get on your sample board when you're not at your little station. <laughs> you can. <laughs> yeah. That one's from Salem that I just set down. Massachusetts. So how are these available if someone were to want one of these prints or to contact Just you? Just personal work? message me. You know, I don't have a store or anything, but Jay Marshall on Facebook, uh, Listen True on Instagram. You know, just hit me up if you like it. Yeah. Yeah. That other uh, tree one, that's from Coriopolis. It's Ridge Avenue in Coriopolis. Thank you. Yeah, I vouch for it. Beer? Yeah. 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 Might as well. Pen gold. Oh, much better. Fun Thank fact you. the first time this brewery was open in the ancient times, their main brew, I think, was called the Duquesne Ale or Duquesne Pilsner. Their slogan was Have a Duke. I was looking into this building a little bit before I came. Super cool history to it. <laughs> this building does have a great history, Mike. Thanks for the tip. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right, so yes, we are uh, we're sitting in Penn Brewery, as many of you know, enjoying a Penn Gold brewed right downstairs, as Indeed. many of you know. Penn Brewery yeah. does not sponsor the podcast, but I sponsor them. <laughs> so we're not going to get a check for that. That was just a... Fuck that's okay. No. <laughs> no. At least the least they could do is give your boy a six-pack. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> trying to fucking you know no it's fine i yeah it's one of those things where it would be cool but as somebody that lives in artist lifestyle i have right. like empathy to any independent business and it's like okay sure i could probably weasel my way into having you give me a case of beer but also it's like you it's like you're not fucking budweiser you know what i mean like that <laughs> and like yes. the little fucking yes. the 10 bucks out of my pocket for the six pack isn't a big fucking deal if it helps keep your fucking employees taken care of yes yeah you know let's extrapolate that out to all of our artist friends who are photographers or do knitting or whatever the art form is like training is great but also like pay for your damn wedding photography pay for your damn djs you know what i mean like let's make these things viable ways to live like it's mm -hmm. up to us to make that a viable way to live like <laughs> yeah it's always it's the the old conversation that this doesn't happen so much anymore but i remember there used to be a good time in my life i'd say it's probably more in like my mid-20s uh when like people that i knew actually still came out to shows Boom. Um, <laughs> but I get it. You know, again, everybody has shit going on. I'm only there's a lot of people that still come out to shows, but uh, there used to be that thing where you'd have conversations with people, and this happens every once in a while, especially with the psych stuff, where people ask me, like, are you still doing the psych stuff? And I'm like, yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, like, really, you're still doing that? How's it going? And it's like, it'd be better if you fucking came out, <laughs> but it's going fine. I don't need you, motherfucker. <laughs> like, but there's that, that whole idea where it's like, you know, like there's some people uh, that they don't want to help you succeed. But the second you do succeed, it's like, oh, I know him. That's my mm. boy. That mm. kind of shit. And it's like oh, conditional support. That uh -huh. bandwagon, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. It's that's uh, one of the weird things. Uh, I don't it's I don't think it's a Pittsburgh thing. I think it's just uh, independent art in general. Everywhere, yeah. yeah, forever. Absolutely. You know, people don't want to support you until everybody else supports you. It's a, it's a really weird thing. <laughs> so I, I don't know how things happen. I don't know how, how it works. How you get to that Rubicon to even cross. Yeah. yeah. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I think that it's you important. Put one of yours, Mike? It's important. Get side mine down if you want. Put one of yours on. Yeah. yeah, we got some more art. We got some <laughs> more art. Here. I'm just going to unravel mine and then re-ravel it. It's kind of unwieldy. Um, I just collage out of a book until I get like something that's a flyer that somebody wants to do. 
Uh, I make some prints and posters of Venn, but I haven't done that in a long time. <sighs> Got this back from a shop in Ambridge. It's kind of like pretty indicative of my style. Let's see if I can line you up here. As you can see, I do a lot of text. Super influenced by like, um, like the cut-up method. Uh, made famous by like Brian Geisen and William S. Burroughs. Like I said, most stuff I get is from Nat Geo. I do a little bit of painting, but uh, yeah, mostly collage work. Yeah. So get at your boys for some work on Fly as a Show like Photography. For, for, <laughs> for this piece in particular that we're looking at, if we can unravel it again real quick. Here. Yeah, let me just leave a flat without bumping this mic. Um, then I do have some questions about your work too, Che, that we'll get into. We'll pull up some of those pieces just... This is the visual part of the podcast. So if you're somebody that is only listening, you could be right. watching this as well on right. Facebook and or YouTube. Maybe I might be done with YouTube. YouTube's kind of grossing me out. It's getting sketchy, like with monetization type yeah. stuff. Or? Yeah. Yeah. They're they're. I mean, I don't know how true it is, but I'm pretty certain that it's a type of thing where if you don't monetize your videos at this point, like they're not going to help people see your videos no. and or like, and like, I really don't want to play that game. Right. And like it sucks because going back to uh Pick Patek and his younger fan base, like you know, uh he was telling me that like a lot of his friends that watch podcasts watch all the stuff on YouTube. Right. And so I get it, but it's like there's that like uh there's that gap where it's so hard for somebody like me to actually get my shit seen on YouTube because I don't want to monetize it. I don't have sponsors and like right. so it just gets fucking throttled. And, and you, it's like, yeah. that's like, what's the fucking point? Why am I taking the time to upload shit to your website if you're not even going to let anybody see it? It's happening on Facebook, too. I, I have like an artist profile and it keeps suggesting for me to promote it for 10 bucks or whatever. And, you know, I, I see that happening there, too. It's weird. The Facebook it's stuff not. doesn't bother me as much. Um, I actually had a phone call recently with somebody from Facebook marketing and talked to them for like an hour about oh. like how the shit works. And the thing with Facebook that doesn't bug me is the fact that, okay, it's like, well, at least you're like giving me a way to promote this stuff and have people see it. Mm -hmm. YouTube doesn't do that. If YouTube had a thing that was in YouTube where it's like, okay, if I give you a few bucks and you help me push my stuff, I'll do it because I understand it's like Facebook's a free service there. That's true. Too. There's a yes. lot of, there's a lot of money it takes to operate that company. So I don't expect you to like let me just sell and sell and sell things right. on your platform without mm -hmm. you getting a little bit of a cut. I get it. Mm -hmm. Just give me an option and make it transparent and clear what I'm paying for and give you that option. If YouTube did that, like I wouldn't have any problem. Again, going back to services, you know, like I will pay for a service. Yes. But to just like throttle me and not give me any fighting chance, that's annoying to me. Mm -hmm. But it still sucks that you have to do it at all. But it's business, baby. What do you want? We're here. We can only adjust. You, know, you, yeah. can't, you can't fight the title. Yeah. Uh, so on this particular piece that we're looking at right now, Mike, um, the background of this, was that something that you painted or is the background bit of a collage too, like this blue and green sort of thing? Um, this is out of an older notebook. So the background of it is... Yeah, it's actually... I kind of caught the spiral in it when I made oh, the poster. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Mm -hmm. I, so, I wouldn't even have noticed that if you wouldn't have pointed that out, Chad. It's rare that the background is painted now because when I was make, primarily making these things out of a book, that's how I was doing it. But now I like to do, um, kind of try to evolve my style and use less painting and use more pure things I was finding. You know what I mean? Like, totally. okay, you want this background to be red, challenge yourself and maybe just find like several pages with red elements and you break them down. You know what I mean? So a lot of my stuff now has more of a broken up chaotic feel again back to that cut up method i was super influenced by guys like you know william s burroughs brian guys and like those type of writers back like right out of high school in that same you know formative period of time that you know that's what i was reading right. while we're cutting things up in the dark room and <laughs> learning photo manipulation and basic like beat making and cool yeah so i'm curious mike i mean i guess this is a good question for both of you in those early years of you starting to do stuff, I imagine you were probably doing things, you know, uh, like stuff outside of collage making, stuff outside of photography, probably dabbling in a few different things. So I'll, uh, with you, Mike, since your art's on the table right now, what was the thing about the collage making that like you decided to stick with this maybe over some other things? Um, Just making stuff that excited me. Like I was always really stoked, like, you know, in high school coming down the stairwell and your buddy that's in a band is waiting at the bottom of that stairwell with a stack of flyers and it looks like cut up text and pieced together images. And to me that became like, I don't know how I would verbalize it, like, like 
the dangerous aesthetic, you know what okay. I mean? Like the, like the, just the medium I wanted to work in. So when I started to do stuff, I was like, I want to make something like that. Like I remember like, even like the classic punk flyers would be like, um, like Ronald Reagan with like half a rocket in his head and like some Xerox stuff. Mm-hmm. You know sure, I mean? like sure, there's, a, sure. there's a long tradition to that. And it's not really like a spoken of tradition in the way that other fine art forms or schools are acknowledged as such. You know what I mean? I don't know what you would call that. I'm really curious. Um, this isn't somebody that is 100% adjacent to what you're doing, but something that actually somebody that's on my Facebook feed was complaining about this person just like a half hour before you showed up. So it's in my brain. What is your personal opinion of Andy Warhol? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> like I said, it's not adjacent, <laughs> yeah. but similar no, I, in some ways. No, I like I, I laugh because I, I have been kind of like, um, I guess, snotty about Warhol. There's things that I really enjoy about him. I see him as a very important figure. Uh, I think it's really great that he helps bolster like this town as an art town. But there's just there's just things about like his work I didn't enjoy, the logos I didn't enjoy, the way he. I'm a huge fan of uh, Jean Michel, and when he collaborated with him, he'd kind of like didn't know how to really do that. And I felt like a lot of Andy Warhol's importance was knowing who to have orbit him, right? Like he was kind of a collector of personalities when you look at like uh, the people in the factory and the, you know what I mean? Like the velvet, his involvement with the velvet underground and stuff. So in some ways I see him as like a necessary evil. Like he put us on the map, kind of a good artist. I see him mostly as, as a socialite people collector. I'm kind of bad taste with the guy, but in general, <laughs> go, go to the Warhol. It's a great thing to support now. It's a great, yeah. you know I mean? They do great things now. Like, do it. Go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I've, I think he's a, a very interesting person. And with that being said, very lame people and cool people can be interesting at the same time for different things. So it's yes. a very loose term. I find him very interesting. Yes. I, you know, I mm-hmm. just fascinating because I think there's just something with, Obviously, there was other people that were thinking and probably doing the same things or something similar to what he was doing at that time frame. Right. But like he had the right people around him to document it. It wasn't like there wasn't uh, (laughs) nobody had TikTok. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I'm always really curious to know uh, about like the people that would have been, you know, similar doing similar stuff to what he was doing, but they just weren't in the right place at the right time Mm -hmm. because there has to be those people and that. It's a good chance we'll probably never even know. That's, you know, like I said, it was a necessary evil. He did shine light on people that didn't necessarily have the um, social aspect of being an artist, right? Like you're a genius artist in your basement. You're your audience. What good is this? You know, you almost need the Andy Warhol figure that could schmooze and talk. And I was it's part of it. In a, in a way, he was like kind of like the first social media star. Yes, and a lot of the concepts, in ways, like yeah. in terms of like yes. art, like social media art as an art, I would say. Mm. I mean, there's probably somebody else. I don't know if you're if you want to correct me. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here. But going back to my conversation earlier with with Pick, I was talking about how I think there's you know sometimes you get a, like two different types of people because with art whether it's music or visual or whatever, a lot of us get into doing art from a really introverted perspective, not so much like we're super extroverts and we have art that we want to share with the world, right? So you'll do art and then you have a really hard time figuring out how to get into the world. You have this really great product, but you don't know how to fucking tell anybody about it. Yes. And then on the flip, especially with like a younger rap crowd, there's a lot of people that, you know, their creativity, their art, their music, to be fair, it's very mediocre. Right. But they're fucking awesome at telling people about it. And that's an art in itself. And I, and I feel that like with somebody like Andy Warhol, I feel like on the surface, just like very mediocre concepts, but he was so good at talking about it yes. that it became mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like his his ability like his social ability was like his greatest piece of art. Yes. But yes, not everybody has that. And it's so interesting. Like, I would say it was a necessary evil. And a lot of the concepts he talked about, like um, 15 Minutes of Fame, the film tests he was doing, I mean, are these not the social networks around now? It's like almost a manifestation of a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost wonder if, uh, you know, the ideas that he, he threw out there kind of got into people's heads and it wasn't necessarily so much a, 
being a fortune teller, but actually like a, a shaper of the future in some ways. Mm. I have no idea. Yeah. Not smart enough to answer these things. <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud. <laughs> but overall, I was also kind of like thinking about like my friend that was like, I don't, why does he, why was he complaining about Andy Warhol? Where did that even come from? It's like, know, a, that was one that. of the, I've, I've been in that situation too, right? I've been like, oh, that guy was coming. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I was like, where did this even come from? Like, what are you thinking about to put this out into the world? It's like one thing to have those, those feelings, but to just like, you know, unsolicited commentary on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. But I guess that's kind of what it's there for. I it's, have no idea. That's what it's built on, essentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With uh, Che, let's uh, let's dig into pick a pick a piece. That, that one up front is really is good, actually. Because this can answer some questions of mine. So uh, let's, let's kind of like hold it up just, a, just okay. a tad bit for... Let's see if we can prop this up against the laptop. Yeah, there you go. We should have brought a stand. Okay. I, I have one. So, cool. Bag. Eh, fuck it. Yeah. So <laughs> with this photo, I'm curious about your process because with the technology and the era that we're living in now, you know, it's really easy. There's obviously Photoshop's a big part of everything that, you know, people do with photography. So I'm curious mm-hmm. how crucial is like post-processing stuff in with your work in this one not much actually i did not do much to this one i tweaked the contrast a bit it was a really foggy day uh i took probably 30 35 pictures that day i went up to coriopolis cemetery too i have a bunch of crazy shots from up there too but then uh uh we have a relative that lives right down at coriopolis we went down there and hung out and her street was all fogged up like that it's crazy so do you then, I don't know if this is like something that was particular to this day or in general with you as a photographer, do you prefer to like kind of like get it in camera as much as possible and not have to do a whole lot in post? I'd prefer, yeah, yeah, mostly like especially fog and, you know, weird lighting and whatnot. I try to catch that as much as I can. It's rare. you know. I feel like that's the beauty of it. And yeah. The yeah. thing that Being sucks. in the right place at the right time. That's what I love looking at old photographs. Yes. I'm like, how the fuck did you do this? Because like, <laughs> I mean, regardless, even though nowadays you can take a photo like this and it's a super cool photo. It's like, I have no way of knowing like what the process was like. Right. It's almost like the way like listening to music is nowadays. It's like, yes. is that really that person singing or is it, you know, a computer yeah. fixing everything up? Mm. And, uh, it's, it's a big process back in the day to make, you know, make prints. Mm-hmm. Took a lot of time. Yeah. It's the same thing with music. <laughs> it's, it's so like, I don't know. I try not to be jaded about it because I think it's great that everybody can make music and record music and absolutely put it out there in absolutely. the world. But like I've made this joke before, uh, where if Spotify is the new CD store, which it essentially is, we don't have CD stores anymore. So you walk into Spotify and you're looking for something to buy, right? Back in the day when you went to the CD store, it wasn't filled with everybody's CDR demos. Yes. And that's like kind of what Spotify is in a lot of ways now. Lot of everybody drafts. can put their their mm. thing up there. Mm. And that's great that you can do it, but also like it just doesn't mean shit anymore when you tell people like, oh, I'm on Spotify. <laughs> For like a very <laughs> short period of time. It was actually like, where can I find your music on Spotify? Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Legitimacy. This is legit. legitimacy. Yeah. And now it's like, no, any asshole with 10 bucks can get their album on Spotify. <laughs> but hell yeah, too. Yeah. yeah hell yeah. Also cool. But yeah. also, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's painting some snares. Ooh. That kind of stuff. We've fallen. Okay. We've fallen. Okay. We've fallen. So I'm one thing that I think is like actually super fascinating is Che, your art, your work. You are somebody that is trying to capture a moment really quick like boom in mike it's almost like it couldn't be any more opposite yeah and i couldn't do what i do without dudes that yeah i was gonna say it's like you're almost like sometimes i bet there's a lot of times where you're taking somebody's moment yep and like finding a way to recreate it yep i'm just applying context i didn't create any of anything i do really yeah have the two of you ever collaborated on anything visual like have you ever worked with any of his photos or anything it's a good question i don't think so uh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in Votech we might have worked on a few things together. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, but it's. Uh, I think it goes back to that three people in the same room thing. Like, when are we together to casually do that? Yeah. We should do that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. That's what yeah, we're here we for. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always interesting. There's been plenty of times where I've... It's like that sometimes you just don't think about it. Like, if you've known somebody as long as the two of you have known each other, I know people that are in... Than in bands for a long time. I mean, I guess it kind of happened with with Sykes and the New Violence. Um, Evan, who is playing guitar for me now, he also plays in Grey Walker mm-hmm. with me. And me and him have known each other for almost 10 years at this point, a really long time. We, we've known each other way longer than Grey Walker was a thing. And uh, it was one of those things where I was like, man, like I, I really... I want to find somebody to play guitar in the band because the person that I had had in the band, Brandon, he moved out of state and then I didn't have anybody playing guitar for a while. And it's just one of those things where it's like, it was right under my fucking nose the whole time. And then one day it was just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that maybe I should just ask Evan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, we're around each other all the time, anyways. How novel. Yeah. yeah and it was an incredibly good idea. <laughs> like, the, it was Love the one you're with. Right? Yeah. Good. Yeah. But it's just one of those things where, like, again, it's just like, sometimes I think it's really easy to make things seem more complicated or impossible than they really are. Right. 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 Mm. You know, you might tell yourself, uh, if you are like, let's say like you're a photographer or you want to be a photographer and like, Oh, well, you know, I just can't get that camera right now. It's like, okay, well let's work with what you got. That's what I did. It's like, yeah, you know, work with what you got. I mean, shit. And I feel like the average person now probably has a better camera on their phone than the best digital camera that you could have bought 10 years ago. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you mean, you don't need that much to do stuff. That's great. You know, I saw like a really cool post online once of like a, it was like they took amateur photographers and professional photographers and they gave the amateur photographers professional gear and the professional oh, wow. photographers like <laughs> cell phones yeah. and had them like, they like staged shots and had them like, you know, take the same photos. And it just yeah. had like the side by sides comparisons of like, you know, like mm. how, um, you know, an amateur photographer without knowing how to do settings on a camera, you know, like how, like the difference that it really does make is yeah, basically yeah. like, yeah. you know, explaining that difference, yeah. which I mean, on the surface, it's not, Depending on like how how and why you look at a photo, you might not notice like, oh, there's like extra contrast on those shadows and things like that. The average person must be like, oh, well, that's a picture of a person sitting in a chair and that's a picture of a person sitting right. in a chair. But if you have the eye, it's like it's glaring. Uh-huh. Yeah. With the future, 2020 coming up just around the corner, I know this may be a bit of an interesting question or maybe a bit of an uninteresting question since neither of you seem to be, you know, like working with clients or doing anything like super major, but like what's on the horizon Are there any like big things that you're trying to do or is it more just, uh, just keep on keeping on, try to stay productive. Keep on keeping on pretty much, I guess. Yeah. Keep that train rolling. Do either of you have any interest in like working with other people? Are you looking for work or you just kind of want to keep this more personal? Oh yeah. I'm totally open. I'm totally open. Uh, just find me on Facebook. Dry call, hit me up. I'm always open to work with anybody. I think that's great. And I, like, um, I haven't had much purpose or direction in creating art recently because I've had to move. There's been some like you know general life chaos. But even just doing this podcast is a great impetus to be like, make sure I have things online and make sure maybe like I get back into things. You know what I mean? It's like uh-huh. it was a yeah, good catalyst. Yeah. So it's super important. Yeah, so what do more you, podcasts, Trey? I'll say, moving forward. Uh, I'd be open to it. You know, I'd be open to working with people. I'm not sure what it would be, you know. I don't, but it, <laughs> I'd be interested, you know. I do like doing my own thing, though, you know. I like sticking with my own thing. But yeah. that, would, that would be interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think it's important to just do what you want to do. Um, and, again, you know, you can find both of these gentlemen on Facebook. You got... Che Marshall on Facebook and Mike Fisher. Yeah, you got it. Mike Fisher, the only. (laughs) (laughs) Look them up. They're really good dudes. We're going to wrap up here in a couple moments. I don't think I have much else to say. And we're pretty much in an hour anyway. So it's been a fucking podcast, my friends. Thank you so much. Was there any art that either of you brought that we didn't show? I have a few more, but whatever. Do you want to show anything else? 
You brought it. Yeah, do it all. Let's round it out. Let's round out. Let's round out. Let's round out this episode with a couple more pieces from Che. I try to be like Flavor Flav. I'm always like, (laughs) do it, Che. Yeah, no, it's it's crucial. I mean, you brought this shit. Let's show it. So just from my my backyard. Trees just hanging down in front of me. It's supposed to go that way. Okay. Pe- people at shows always try to flip it around. They're like, is this supposed to be this way? And I'm like, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. What's your experience been at shows, like showing work? I guess I should. That's probably a good fucking question to ask. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. Professional over here. <laughs> so uh, you've you've shown art in, in it places before. Mike, have you ever done any art? exhibits or any like showings or anything um a buddy of mine had a gallery that was kind of short-lived did some first fridays i did some stuff with some schools but again that's like kind of a mechanics i've never really known how to do so if you like my work and you're a gallery owner i just don't know the mechanics of getting into them yeah you know someone wants to even give me a heads up on how to like get into that scene i'll do it hell yeah i think for the most part nowadays it's interesting there was this thing that i've seen happen with a lot of people that I know that do art where they're like the art, like the proper art galleries have no interest in like showcasing anyone's anyway, work. Yeah, it seems. Endeavor. So you yeah. have all these like local bands that also have like art artist pop-ups at the shows, things like all scene shout yes. out to Mike Zikathus, right? Yeah. Yeah. All that yeah. stuff. And uh, it's a great event. Like those things are like pretty much, I feel like what's keeping like, real like underground art alive it doesn't feel like there's any place in the world for underground art that isn't fine underground fine art and i don't even know if the term underground fine art is actually a fucking thing or not but you know i I like that though yeah Uh, so uh che with you and like where you've like what's your experience been with uh showing it events i've i've been to steel city con there's a couple local shows i do horror realm and um can't remember the name of it. Uh, dang it. Uh, it's, it's really <laughs> nice. Though. It's nice. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a rough, it's a rough setup and it's a rough breakdown, but the whole show time is great. It's awesome interacting with people. We've had um, some great times vending shows. Even mm-hmm. when we don't sell anything. You just yeah, get, even if you don't sell anything. It's fun just getting out there and talking yeah. to people, you know, having them ask you questions about your art. It's great, you know. It's a cool community. You know, it's like uh, just worth it. Uh, if you if you are a vendor or a craftsperson or looking at events or wondering like, <clears> should I do this convention? Just do it. It's great. Even if you don't make your table money back, you're still at the event. Networking, some of the people I've met doing some of those have been worth the table price mm-hmm. in it itself. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. like the experience of that for sure. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. I think that it's the best thing to do is to just get yourself out there as much as you possibly can. Yes through any avenue possible it just seems like nowadays there's really no rules and i feel that it's really easy to put doubt on yourself by thinking that you're not doing something right but there's no rules right there's there's no right way to do any of this it's constantly evolving and changing and i think that worrying about that too much is just it's nothing but a problem Uh, Mm. so i would say just break the rules do what you want to do Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you see an opportunity take advantage of it that's like, true too I, absolutely yeah. just absolutely yeah i love it i love it art <laughs> is tight art's the shit and um with that being said um i just had a random thought man uh any either of you uh sign up for disney plus yet yes yeah <laughs> man <laughs> the mandalorian i gotta watch episode two of Mandalorian. Awesome. episode Dude. one is fucking sick one was amazing but two is i'm I don't get stoked. I just <sighs> randomly thought about that right now. So oh my it has God. nothing to do with anything. You're in for a treat if you're watching fucking, it tonight. I have to go to the grocery store after this. And I got to, you know, got to get some food. But while I'm there, <laughs> your boy's going to buy some snacks. <laughs> and then he's going to watch the fucking Mandalorian episode two. Do you know Good how shit. often they're going to be releasing the episodes? My lady said it's coming out the 22nd, the next one, I think. Okay. That's from what I hear. Oh, man. Good on them. That's a good move for them. I'm actually glad that they are doing it in a sense that I can't binge it. Yeah. Because yeah. I would have yeah. already watched all of it yeah. and oh, I would yeah, be yeah, fucking yeah. dragging ass today because yeah. I would have watched yeah. it all last <laughs> night and I would have been like, oh, I feel like shit, but the Mandalorian is tight. <laughs> but then like I lose all value too because like whenever like 
they drop seasons and I watch all of it. It's like, I don't have time to actually like soak it it. in and like enjoy it and like look forward to it. Mm -hmm. You know, I just watch it all like, Oh shit. Like, yeah, cool. Stranger Things three was, it was fine. And then like two days later, it's like, I don't even remember it. Cause I was like (laughs) fucking like half awake stupor for, you Mm -hmm. know, watching half of it. Mm -hmm. But anyways, with that being said, that is all folks. Thanks so much for listening. Che Marshall, Mike Fisher, Thank you so much. artwork, Pittsburgh, underground fine, fine art, art over here, it. underground fine underground art, that's what we're dealing art. with. I'll be back again. Well, thank you guys for coming over. I, don't, I just need to thank you so much for that. Let's, for having uh, us. Thank you for the since we didn't have a beer at the beginning, let's yes. do a cheers now. Yes. Cheers. cheers, my friends. I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2019. Woo! Woo! <laughs> I surprisingly don't have that sound. I was waiting for it. I don't have it. So. Now you do. I do not have it, but uh, anyways, <laughs> I'll be back then. I don't even remember where we're at. It doesn't fucking matter. Let's just fade this out and the episode is done. Thanks, guys. And uh, we'll see you later. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yep.